to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. Hey friends, happy Sunday and welcome back to another episode of the Embodied Podcast. If you guys are loving what you're hearing on the show, I would really appreciate it if you slid over to iTunes, dropped a five-star rating or a written review and just let me know what you are loving about the show and what you want to hear more of. Those ratings and reviews help get the show organically into more ears and more souls across the world. So if you've already done that, thank you so much. So on the podcast today, I want to explore a really meaningful conversation I had with one of my clients last week about honestly just the state of the world and you know how overwhelming that can be for certain individuals. And the theme and the topic um, that we were having a conversation about is how incredibly valuable our state of mind is in the present moment with all of the experiences that are happening culturally that feel as if they they feel oppressive and they feel potentially like they could be brainwashing and it feels like it's quite intrusive into the mental state and one of the comments that my client had made is that like that mental real estate her mind is one of her most prized possessions and to feel like that is being taken away feels like um, death and it's really interesting because a lot of the work that I do with clients who especially those clients who have experienced trauma in their early life is to help them reconnect with a felt sense in their body because oftentimes we live in this state where we kind of live semi-separate. I know that the mind and body aren't separate. They don't operate separately, but we act as if they do. And it's really interesting because our felt sense sensation in our body can anchor us into a different form of truth when we feel as if the mind and the mental space is being oppressed, brainwashed, manipulated, coerced. A lot of people in the present moment, I feel especially people people who have a background of perhaps having a narcissistic parent or being in a relationship of any kind where there was gaslighting, that people made you feel as if what you were thinking and feeling weren't valid. And what that does is it starts to cut off the felt sense in the body and because it feels so dangerous because those the felt sense that you're having in those moments to be denied by an external individual creates this really confusing, overwhelming environment where the body just becomes a state of danger instead of a place of resource. Working with individuals who have had experiences of being around someone who is oppressive, controlling, manipulative, 
or was gaslit by a specific situation, it's important in modern times for those individuals in particular, I think it's important that everyone's doing the work, but those individuals in particular to really do some work on creating safety and resource in the felt sense in their body. Because what happens as a result of those, the early denial of the feeling function and the inner felt sense, what happens is that we create stories in our head about the way that we will adapt and survive, and those are typically unconscious stories. And so, for example, this client in particular, her mental mind is like the most valuable priority to her and yes like the mind is very important it's important to you know discriminate and to to think thoroughly and learn how to think and to separate things out but that's not the only tool that you have in your toolbox to be a human being what this was creating for this individual is she was having a really really hard time feeling as if she could do anything about the state of the world because the mental state and her mindset was feeling so oppressed and manipulated and controlled and gaslit by her cultural space that she's in and and what that brought forward is falling into this subjective sense of hopelessness meaninglessness apathy really those states of like, what's the point of doing any of this work if I can't actually embody it in the outer world because the outer world is so controlling. If you look at a chart of the nervous system, and I can link one in the show notes for you guys, what happens is those those states of hopelessness and apathy and meaninglessness, those are actually free states. And so that's indicating to me those sensations of hopelessness and meaninglessness and apathy. Those are indicating to me that there's something underneath that. There's a felt sense underneath that that is being oppressed by the immense energy of the mental state. For this person in particular... I feel like she's an introverted intuitive, meaning that she feels at home in the realm of images and the realm of the mind and the realm of spirit. And she is so incredibly gifted in that particular realm. But with that being said, we want to look at what the intuitive, maybe the person who lives in image, in story, who has a tendency to cling to the subjective sense of meaning, We want to look at what is challenging for that individual and often for that individual and actually for all of us, integrating that inferior function as as is discussed in Jungian typology, integrating that inferior function of sensation, of felt sense. And that's what was missing because all of these stories and all of these images, the way that she had imaged the world was one, devoid of the felt sense experience of what was underneath the freeze. All those images and stories were putting her into a free state because it was so overwhelming. And I, my guess is that for a lot of people who had traumatic backgrounds that mimic this type of oppression and coercion and manipulation and control, that they can feel that same sense of collective overwhelm at this moment because it's, it's replaying the past in the present 
it's bringing the past sense of hopelessness and meaninglessness and apathy for your past situation of oppression into the present moment. And what happens is that we need to go back and allow that past part to feel into the innate response that was frozen in that time particularly for this person there was a lot of anger about this there was a lot of feeling like how dare you intrude into my space how dare you pump these oppressive messages into our brains how dare you try to brainwash us via social media and that is so valid for a person who has been through an experience of trauma in that way because in the past experience of trauma it was not safe to be angry and most people had to freeze to survive that situation of abuse whether it be physical emotional sexual whatever most people freeze to survive but what's underneath that freeze is anger and i and she said you know i'm i'm angry at this and i was like perfect perfect that's exactly what we are looking for I was asking her to describe the felt sense of being angry and she connected to it for a second and then she went back into that what's the point what's the point of being angry when the situation feels so big if you would repeat that situation coming from the mouth of an a child that was being abused what's the point in having feelings when the situation feels so big. The point is that your, in, your innate and instinctual response to that abuse is so important because that connects you to your anchor in your body. There's no value judgment on you feeling angry or you running to run away. It's actually just reconnecting to the fact that you have a feeling about this and there is meaning inherent in those feeling states when she kind of fell pretty quickly into the what's the point when we are exploring anger I really had the recognition of oh anger is that fight response if you take a look at this polyvagal chart that I put in the show notes you can really see when a fight response is like right on the line of freeze you basically move between I can't do anything about it freeze into I can do something about it and I'm pissed and I'm going to fight for it. It's really toggling between the I can't and I can. I can't, I can. In really cultivating a safe space for her to be angry and to voice that anger and to say, I am so glad that you're feeling angry about this because that means that something feels out of alignment with your value system here. Perfect. And it was so interesting because as we navigated this session, she explored more around that anger and it created more space and safety to explore that that instinctual felt sense response reaction to something that felt oppressive. That actually made her feel like she had more control over the experience. She didn't feel as threatened. Her mental space and her mind didn't feel as threatened because she now had an anchor point for that mind to be in. The spirit is nested in the matter. 
instead of the mind just floating in a disembodied way above the body, having that mind live in that felt sense of the body creates this really aligned sense of solidarity in yourself that really no matter what's happening in the outer world, there is a sense of I can get through this. And what this actually did when we were able to connect to that instinctual felt sense and create more safety around it, it actually opened up so much more context for her experience and what she was experiencing collectively. And we had this really amazing conversation about contextually in the present moment, we have this idea in our mind that like, human beings haven't been suffering for thousands and millions of years but there is so much suffering and so much that happens in the world if and if we don't have a conscious connection to meaning while we're enduring that suffering we are going to fall into states of hopelessness and apathy and meaninglessness And that to me is a really big shame because it is the people who have experienced genuine hardship and genuine suffering that in this moment in our collective, we need you the most. We need those people who have experienced darkness and can still hold on to a sense of authentic being and sovereignty and a sense of genuine goodness in the world like we need you so much it is the most tragic state of the world to me working with individuals who have experienced trauma is the trauma individual that can't see themselves in the way that I can see them and that makes me so sad but that to me I think offers a doorway into how we can actually not solve this huge crisis of meaning but how maybe we can take steps into this meaning crisis and when we live disconnected from our bodies and disconnected to the wisdom and the intelligence of that felt sense experience we have this very defensive protective situation of our minds and we have this kind of disembodied hatred and rage that's being perpetuated culturally instead of the inherent aggression that we all have as individuals being channeled towards moving humanity and ourselves towards greater connection, that aggression is is driving disconnection. And so to me, I think the, the really important point here is that the body is so wise and there's so much intelligence and if you are a person who feels in the present moment with the collective state of things that you're feeling genuinely unsafe in your body and old stories are coming up and your world is feeling like it's narrowing in on you I think that that is the call to ask for help and ask for support so that you can actually reconnect with that felt sense of safety and that felt sense of, of, of genuine, honest feeling so that you can be another ripple 
in this world. And again, I think when we're disconnected from the totality of mind and body, what happens is a lot of situations, because our world is narrowing, we begin to abstract things and we begin to create stories that are out of context with maybe some big T truth. And so it creates this negative feedback loop because we're responding to these maybe false truths or half truths and it's perpetuated by fear as opposed to being able to experience the wider context of how things actually are in totality and so again I know that I was circling a lot in this podcast but I think it's really the main point here is that we need individuals who who have genuinely experienced hardship and suffering to be doing their inner work and create a wider and deeper context for where we are at this time in our level of consciousness, in our in the state of humanity. And we need people who are going to ripple out the capacity to hold and to integrate suffering and show the world that suffering can be meaningful. And what that does is it transmutes the darkness and the evil and the hatred that is perpetuating and pushing towards disconnection it starts to transmute that into a picture of the world that isn't so divided that there's a purpose and there's a meaning and there there's there's a space for you and everybody in this present time so again it's it's really hard to put words to some of this stuff but I do hope that some of you out there who are feeling Like, what's the point? What's the point of doing inner work? I've had so many clients ask me that over the past couple years. And, you know, in particular, in the past month with the overturning of Roe v. Wade and all of the shootings, the what's the point question is coming up a lot. And I do feel like if you're asking what's the point, that is an invitation to really go on your deep personal search for what is meaningful in your life and without a felt sense of connection of our bodies and the intelligence and the wisdom that lives there i'm not sure if we can actually prop that meaning up in a disembodied way i think we're asking for this anchor point of the body to guide us back into deeper truth and wisdom so with that being said we will talk on thursday have a great week guys